Yeah, I think sometimes when life gets hard, we actually find out that's where God wanted us to be all along. This song tells that kind of a story. If you want to sing, please sing. Said I was in my early 40s With a lot of life before me When a moment came to stop me on a dime I spent most of the next days Looking at the x-rays Talking about the options Talking about sweet time I ask him when it sank in If this might really be the real end How's it hit you When you get that kind of news Man, what'd you do? He said I went skydiving I went Rocky Mountain climbing I went 2.7 seconds On a bull named Fu Manchu and I love deeper and I, I spoke sweeter and I, I gave forgiveness I'd been denying. And he said, someday I hope you get the chance to live like you were I was finally the husband Most of the time I wasn't I became a friend A friend would like to have And all of a sudden Going fishing Was in such a different position And I went three times a year I lost my dad Well, I, I finally read the good book And I, I took a good long hard look at what I'd do if I could do it all again and then I went skydiving I went Rocky Mountain climbing I went 2.7 seconds on a bull named Fu Manchu and I looked deeper and I, I spoke sweeter and I I've been denying And he said Someday I hope you Get the chance To live like you were dying Like tomorrow was again And you got eternity To think about What you do with it What would you do with it What did I do with it What would I do with it Rocky Mountain climbing, I went 2.7 seconds on a boat named Fu Manchu. And I loved deeper, and I, I spoke sweeter, and I, I watched an eagle as it was flying. And he said, someday I hope you get the chance to live like you would die. Dying. To live like you were dying
this morning say I'm pretty sure that everybody here wants the kind of life that you've dreamed about the kind of life that passes and exceeds your expectations well you know what the good news is this morning is that in John chapter 10 verse 10 Jesus said that I came that they might have life and they might have it to the full. That they might have an abundant life. See, that's the life that Jesus actually wants for you this morning. But there is one catch. So he said, when he was talking to his disciples, see, whoever tries to save his life, he'll lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake, find it. So this morning, I want you to know that God absolutely wants you to have life to the full. But you got to live like you were dying. 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 Live like you were dying i'm telling you there is no better life there's no better life than to have the freedom to live like you're dying so i'm glad you're here on national back to church sunday why do we have national back to church sunday what what is the point of that well, I would suggest to you this morning that there's several reasons why there are people who are not in church, and I'm sure most of you know that there's far more people on any given Sunday that are not in church than are in church. Well, why? Why? Why are people not here? Well, I think there's a few different reasons that we could uh, acknowledge. Uh, one would be sometimes people just get mad at people in church. Now, I think we get surprised by that, but we shouldn't. I mean, have, have you, anybody in here ever got really ticked off at somebody in your family? Anybody? Does that ever happen or is it just me? Oh, the preacher shouldn't say that. You know, I wasn't always a preacher. <laughs> All right, but we get mad at our family. Sometimes you get so mad at the people you work with, the idea of going back to work just, just fries you. Why? Because people are people. 
And you know what? Church, believe it or not, if you're a guest, church is full of sinners. The preacher just said the church is full of sinners. Yes, I did. Everybody you see here this morning is a sinner. Everyone, and the man standing on the platform is a sinner. He just said that. Yes, I did. Every one of us here this morning is a sinner. And because people are people, we get mad at each other. Sometimes people get mad and they quit church because they got mad at somebody in church. Sometimes people aren't in church because they got mad at God. Sometimes something happened in their life. They got, a, they got a report like that song just talked about. And instead of dealing with it, they got mad at God. God, why did you allow this to happen in my life? And instead of dealing with it in a healthy way, they get mad at God and they abandon church. Another way, and I think this one is, is maybe even scarier, is that sometimes people aren't in church because it just happened. And I think that one's more dangerous because you can't really point to a reason why. So one week, you know, you wake up on Sunday morning and you're not feeling all that good. And it's like, well, I should stay home today. And, and listen, sometimes you should. Sometimes you're not really well and you should stay home and get better. And so you wake up that morning and you're not well and you miss church. The next Sunday, you've got a ball game or something that you've been wanting to go see. And so you go see that one. The next Sunday, you wake up and, and it's a, a day that you got to go to work. So it's on your schedule. And so, so you miss church because now you got to work that Sunday. The next Sunday, you wake up and you're just tired. You're just wore out. And so you sit out that Sunday. The next thing you know, you've missed an entire month of church. And you know what's crazy? Is that at some point it gets harder to get up and go back to church than it does to just keep missing. And so there's lots of reasons why people are not in church. And sometimes it's people because they've never come to church at all. They just never saw a reason for showing up to church in the first place. Man, when, there is no better time to sleep in than Sunday morning. How many of you have ever felt that way? Come on, be honest. Sunday morning, even for regular church there, Sunday morning, because man, it would be so good to just sleep in this morning. The preacher has felt that way. Like, man, I guess I got to go, though. I'm supposed to preach. <laughs> Sometimes it just feels so good to sleep in. Sometimes there's nothing better than just linger over a cup of coffee. And the most, the most uh, compelling time to do that always seems to be Sunday morning. So there's lots of reasons why people may not be here. And so this morning... If you're a guest and you've never been to church or it's been a long time since you've been to church, I, I really wanna focus this message this morning in your direction, but, but for those who are regular attenders, I believe if you listen in, you might hear a little bit for you too. Amen? So what I really wanna try to do this morning is answer a big question. What's the big deal? Why in the world should I bother to get up on Sunday morning and go to church when there are so many other things that I could do? And a lot of them sound a whole lot more fun than church. Can we just be honest? How many of you agree that those, most of the things that we think about sound a lot more compelling to most people than going to get up and going to church? Come on, raise your hand. Be honest. We're in church. Got to be honest. All right. All right. 
I acknowledge it. So why in the world would somebody who is not in church get up and go to church? Why would you invest a Sunday morning week after week after week to do that? That's what I want to try to get you to chew on this morning as I attempt to answer this question. Now, to do that, I'm going to ask uh, another question. How many of you here love to travel? Raise your hand. If you love to travel, go see new places, raise your hand. All right, that's most everybody in here. All right, so I'm going to ask, just holler out. If, if you went somewhere really cool and unique this year, and I'm not talking about St. Louis or Chicago or Indianapolis, that doesn't count. If you went somewhere really out of the ordinary this year, holler it out. Did somebody say India? Wow, that's really cool. All right, that's a long way away. So somebody said Grand Canyon? Who said? Grand Canyon, all right. Who else? Cancun, sweet. A little tropical breeze blowing, yes sir. All right, uh, New York, New York, New York. I wanna be a part of it, New York, New York. If I can make it there, I can make it anywhere, brother. Uh, <laughs> Cuba. Wow. That's crazy. Cool, but crazy. All right. So there have been some really interesting places that have been visited by people in the church here this year. So here's my, here's my question to you. If tomorrow morning you woke up and you had all the money that you needed, and all the time that you needed to go to one of these really cool places or maybe even somewhere that wasn't mentioned and, and it was somewhere you've always dreamed of going, how many of you would get up, pack your bags, walk out the door, get in the car and hit the road without first looking at a road map or a GPS? Okay, there's trouble in that family. <laughs> See, this is, this is guaranteed to go in a bad direction. That's why I asked the question. And I know we've got, we probably got some millennials in here who don't know anything but a GPS. This is a road atlas. You should get to know one of these. Because I can tell you, do not stake your life on the GPS. Just words of wisdom from your preacher who loves you. This is your friend. All right. So why, why would you not go out the door on a big, big trip without first consulting a roadmap or GPS? because you don't know how to get where you're going. Now, one other option might be to ask somebody who's, who's been there and done that. Like, I know Cody and, and Edie, they're on the road all the time. If you ask, if you told them where you wanted to go, there's a good chance that Cody and Edie could say, well, here's how you get there. And they could give you directions without even looking at a map because they've done that. Or, or um, Melvin and, uh, and Crystal who were sitting down here just a few minutes ago. And by the way, you want to talk about going to church? She just got out of the hospital yesterday with broke bones in her leg. She's been there all week long, and she got out of the hospital yesterday, and here she is in church this morning. Wow. 
And if you want to know the reason and the value of going to church, you should talk to Crystal. All right. But I, Melvin was on the road for like 35 years. If you want to go somewhere and you didn't have a map or a GPS, you, maybe you could talk to Melvin. And maybe Melvin could tell you how to get there. And why do you do that? Because you don't want to try to make a cross-country trip where you don't know how to get there. If you try to do that, you are almost guaranteed to have a lot of frustration. (laughs) Maybe a lot of irritation, some disappointment. And probably wind up spending a whole lot more money than you needed to, a lot of extra expense. Why? Because you didn't know how to get there. Now, the crazy thing is, is that that's how most of us live our lives. Is that we try to live our lives without any reference whatsoever to directions or assistance. See, we're like, we're stubborn enough to think that I can get from here to there without anybody telling me anything. Have you know that's true? We don't want anybody to tell us how to get from here to there. I want to figure it out myself. And so when you're driving down the road of your life and you wind up on, on a road that has speed bumps every other, you know, every other foot or so, and it feels like you're doing this, or the road feels like it could substitute for a washboard, or you you find you're on a road that's got potholes that turn into sinkholes and craters, instead of stopping and getting directions to a better route, we just stubbornly keep trying to figure it out ourselves. Now, we understand that when we're going to take a trip, if we get in one of those kind of messes, it doesn't make sense to just keep doing that. We understand that, oh, man, we need to, we need to check our map now. There's got to be a better way than this. There's got to be a better way than this. Or we reprogram the GPS because there's got to be a better way than this. We wouldn't go out the door without figuring this out when we're going to make a big trip. We get that. But somehow, we're not able to make the translation over to the navigating the road of our life. We're not willing to go out the door on a cross-country trip without direction, but somehow or another, we're willing to try to navigate the road of our life without any help at all. And so I'm trying to answer the question this morning, what's the big deal? Why bother with church. Well, I'll read, read a verse to you this morning. It'll be on the screen for you. It's, it's Acts chapter 9, verse 5. And this is God talking to the Apostle Paul, who wound up writing a large part of the New Testament. And uh, uh, at the time that this, this conversation happened, uh, Paul's name was Saul. And Saul was anti-God. He was totally anti-God. Nothing in his life lined up with how God wanted him to live. And so you know what happened? At one point, God just knocked him down. And I think there are a lot of us who go through life and God knocks us down to get our attention, kind of like that song. And you know what we do? 
we just try to keep right on going without stopping to listen. We try to keep right on going without getting any input, without getting any directions. But at least Saul, at the time, he stopped. And he said, Lord, who are you? And the Lord said, I'm Jesus, whom you're persecuting. It's hard for you to kick against the goads. Now, some of you may have not have any idea. What the heck is that? What is a goat? Well, when they were plowing and they had a, an animal out there moving the plow, uh, if, if they were ornery and they might kick, well, there was these sharp pointy sticks behind them. And when they'd kick, they'd get a sharp stick. That's not fun. How many of you want to be walk around getting, getting hit with a sharp stick behind you all the time? Ain't nobody. We have outlawed sharp sticks in our house for that reason. <laughs> he said, it's hard for you to kick against the goads. He said, you, you, you think you're persecuting me? You, you think that you are ignoring me and, a, and offending me? But you know what? All the time you're trying to do things your own way, you know what you're doing? You're just making it harder for yourself. Do you hear that? Do you hear that? You're, you think that you are making me mad. You're making somebody else mad. You're doing it your own way. You're going to show me. And the only thing you're doing, Saul, is you're making it harder for yourself. And he says, it's hard for you. Church, listen, we create our own pain and our own misery because we don't understand our desperate need for Jesus. Jesus is the only answer that works in whatever blank you've got in your life. He's the only answer. And we don't understand our desperate need for Jesus primarily, I think, because we look around at the world and we think that the world is offering everything we want and everything we need. And it looks so much more fun. It looks so much more compelling. It looks so much more inviting than church. Let me show you a couple of business names. How many are familiar with these two companies? If you are, raise your hand. I want everybody to raise your hand. If you're familiar with these companies, raise your hand. All right, Waste Management and Blockbuster. All right, now Waste Management is still around. It's still doing tons and tons of business. Blockbuster, during the day when we had VCRs. <sighs> if, you, if you go to a history, a natural history museum, you can probably find those somewhere. <laughs> Back in the day when we had Visa, Blockbuster was a thing. It was huge. People would race to get to Blockbuster on Friday after work. How many of you remember that? Right? Man, oh, man, I got to hurry to get to Blockbuster because I may not get the movie I want if I don't get there early. They had movies, every kind of movie you could want. And that was in the days before streaming and all this other stuff. And so Blockbuster was huge. And Wayne Heisinga... And his son, Wayne Heisinger Jr., uh, created these companies. Now, Blockbuster is obviously out of business now, but at the time, they made so much money, they had more money than they knew what to do with. But here's my question. Is it enough? 
when you've got everything you could possibly want, when you've got access to all that the world can afford you, is it enough? Watch this video from Wayne Huizinga Jr. and then we'll talk about this a little bit more. I wanted to be like my father. I wanted to have a nice car like he had private jet to, to fly on when we went on vacation. I wanted to be able to bless people like he did. I wanted to be respected like he was. I saw my father occasionally. He was busy building waste management at the time. His life was uh, filled with hard work, with travel, with interesting people. He had a certain amount of power. It was a life that, that seemed exciting to me. made an incredible amount of money working with Wayne Senior there. I began to have wealth to fly, to have a nice sport fishing yacht, to live in a big home, to have an incredible amount of disposable income. We owned three sports teams. We drank, we drank in excess, went to the kind of clubs that you didn't tell your mother that you went to. I commanded an audience. I said whatever came to my mind, whether it was to you or to your wife, self-focused do what I want and I'm going to please me no matter what that means. That was my life. An incredible banquet of all the things that the world had to offer, but just never getting full, never being satisfied, never being able to push away and say, okay, that's enough. Suddenly I was lost. Happy, but unfulfilled. Something was missing. So here's a guy, everything that you could possibly imagine. He had the banquet of life. Everything that you could ever dream of that you might want was available to him. But it wasn't enough. Something was missing. And for some of you that might be our guest here this morning, and maybe for even some people who have been coming for a long time. You're pursuing something outside of God, outside of church. And it feels like the answer to what is missing for you is in one of those things. But the more that you get there, the more that you find something is missing because it's not enough. You know, we were, we were coming back uh, from Maine and we were on the, on the road uh, around Buffalo this time last week trying to get back home. And I saw something I'd never seen before. Um, and, I, and I tried to speed up enough just to kind of catch them. There was, there was not one Lamborghini. There was not two Lamborghinis. There were three Lamborghinis driving together on the interstate. Never seen that before in my life. It was, it was one of the coolest things I'd ever seen. So I wanted to get at least close enough so I could uh, take a picture. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm such a bad example. 
but I wanted to get close enough so I could get a picture of all three of these Lamborghinis in a row because, you know, I'm thinking, my goodness, how awesome it must be to drive one of those things. I would love to get in one and hit the pedal and just max that bad boy out, hit 150, 180 miles an hour in a straight line. I'm like, yes! I'm not gonna ask you to raise hands, but ladies, you can ask your husbands if they're gonna be honest with you today. I guarantee you when nobody's been in the car with them except maybe a couple of other guys, somewhere in the course of their life, they floored the car they were in because they wanted to at least hit 100. It's a rite of passage. I don't mean that. It's not, it's not. It's just an illustration. I mean, you, you get your pulse going. And the idea of the life that Wayne Huizinga Jr. was living, it's almost like getting in a Lamborghini and driving 150 miles an hour with your hair on fire and your adrenaline pumping. Everything is like, I cannot believe how good this is. But you're going the wrong direction. Is it exciting? Absolutely. Is it exhilarating? Of course it is, or you wouldn't do it. But the next thing you know, you've either run out of gas and it's all done, or you're so far from where you're supposed to be that you feel like, I can never get back here. That happens to a lot of people. And you might be one of them here this morning. You've gone so far in the opposite direction that you don't see how in the world you can ever get back to where you were supposed to be. That's the American life that we have now. That's the life that the world is calling you to. And that's why we need church. Because church is where you find direction. So that you don't go 150 miles an hour in the wrong direction. It's also a place where you find travelers to walk the road of life with. Who can help you navigate the things and the turns in your life that you don't know how to deal with. That's why church... Because all of this other stuff, it is fun for a moment, but the gas runs out and you find yourself so far from where you really want to be and where you need to be, and you don't know how to get back there. And church brings people together to keep direction and to keep fellowship so that we travel the road of life together. I want to share a couple of verses. I'll have them up on your screen for you. Proverbs 3, 5, 6. If, if you've gone to church any amount of time, you probably know this verse. And even if you've never been to church, you might've heard this, these two verses. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own, own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him. Live like you were dying to him. And he will make your paths straight. 
Now there's some people who memorize that and I'm one of them, he will direct your paths. Well, interestingly enough, that's actually what the phrase direct your paths means. It means to make them direct, to make them straight. It's a direct route. When we trust God with our life, instead of moving 150 miles an hour in the wrong direction, God says, lean on me, die, live like you're dying, submit to me, and I'll make your road straight. And in Galatians 6, 2, Paul, who was trying to kick against the goads, Paul, after he really met God and discovered real life, he said, carry each other's burdens And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. So there's not a person in here this morning, in the balcony, in the back, in the middle, in the front. There's not a person in here this morning that hasn't had a moment where you felt overwhelmed. There's not a person in here this morning that hasn't had a moment in their life where they needed somebody that would walk up beside them put their arm around them and say, I'm with you. We can do this. We can get through this. And that's what Paul was saying in Galatians 2, carry each other's burden. That's why church, there is direction and connection that comes in church. So you know why? We, we want to know where we're going. We do. We want to know where we're going. And we want somebody to share it with. I think there's no worse feeling in the world than having something really awesome happen in your life and not having somebody that you can pick up the phone and call and share it with. That is absolutely awful. And the joy of what just happened is gone just like that. Because our joy is multiplied and fulfilled when there's somebody to share it with. That's why church. That's why church. And you know what? This this building is not full of perfect people. In fact, it's full of imperfect people. But there are people who have been down a lot of different roads here. And no matter what you're dealing with this morning, chances are really good that there's somebody here that's walked that same path. Who can walk up beside you and say, we can do this. We can get through this together. And you know what's even more cool? Is that sometimes even when, when you might be in a unique situation and nobody really knows what the road ahead of you looks like, we know the one who made the road. And he wants us to be in friendship and fellowship with him. Remember that song that we sang at the very beginning of the service? I am a friend of God. God is not mad at you this morning. He's not. God's not mad at you. He wants to be your friend. And he invites you into that. Let's watch the last little bit of this video from Wayne Heisinger Jr. And then we'll wrap up the service. Well, I got a call from a couple friends and they said, hey, Junior, we've got a chance to go on a nuclear submarine for three days and cruise from South Carolina to Florida. Do you want to go? I said, 
Done, we're there, we'll take our plane. And I was introduced to Captain Brad Fleetwood McDonald. We became incredible friends. He took me on his submarine, so I started taking him out of my fishing boat, and I began to ask him questions about leadership. I thought, who better than a man that commands 120 gentlemen underneath the ocean for six months at a time? And every time I asked him about leadership, he had his Bible. And he had this incredible peace about him that was unlike any that I'd ever seen in all the people that I had met through Wayne Sr. And one day I got up my courage and I asked him, I said, Captain Brad, why are we so different? Junior, he said, you have a hole in your heart. It's consuming everything that you're trying to put in. Everything you do is trying to fill that hole. And the only way you're going to fill that hole is with the relationship with God. I thought, could that be it? Could it be that easy? All these things that I've been chasing, all these places that I'm going, a relationship with God. Well, I went home and I tried to find a church. The pastor gave an incredible sermon. And at the end, before he closed, said, do you think that there's a reason that God allowed you to be born? Do you think that he has a plan for your life? felt like he was talking right at me instead of the 4,000 people that were there. I stood up out of my chair like I was launched out by springs, and I can still hear this voice inside of me that said, Junior, sit down, you look so silly. But there was no way. I made my way to the, down the road to the aisle and forward to the front of this church that I'd never been to before, and I fell to my knees. And I began to cry. And I cried and I listened to that pastor. And he said, repeat the simple words and ask Jesus into your heart. And I did. I told Jesus that I was sorry, that I loved him, and that I wanted to know what this plan for my life was. I wanted to be in this personal relationship with him if he wanted to be in it with me. Power, not Junior's power, but God's power, the Holy Spirit's power, the power to change. I went home and I tried to explain to my wife what happened. She looked at me and she said, I don't know what happened, but I'm worried. She told me at one point that I'd been abducted by aliens. I didn't know what to tell her. All I knew is that I was indeed a different person. Success for me is that one day when I die and I see Jesus, that he'll look at me and say, well done, my good and faithful son. I've been given such a gift based on the life that I lived, a second chance, a chance to follow Jesus, to go to heaven, to live an eternal life. And I know for certainty that I'm going to live in heaven. 
My father's the kind of individual that keeps his feelings very close, but I wasn't sure that he had a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And I got up the courage finally to lean over to my father and to ask him, Hey Dad, have you ever prayed a prayer like that and asked Jesus into your heart? is knowing that those that you love will make heaven. That's true success. I'm Wayne Heisinger Jr. and I am second. We ask our worship musicians to come back to the platform. The church was where it all finally came together for him. And it's where it's still coming together for him. It's a place that continues to give him direction and connection. And because church is the one place that you can find what you cannot find anywhere else in the world. His father, that he just mentioned, Wayne Heisinger Sr., died earlier this year. Passed away on March the 23rd. He left his entire fortune behind. But he kept everything that he sent ahead. That's why church... Don't know what your need is this morning, but God does. Don't know if you have found contentment in what God offers, or you're still chasing other things, but God does. And you know, this is not limited to people who are not already believers, sometimes Christians lose their way too. And we forget how overwhelming the grace of God was when we, when we found it. We forget the peace that passes all understanding that flooded over our soul. We forget the sleep that God gave us because it finally felt like the world made sense. If you're a believer this morning and you've sort of lost your way, then today is the day to make that right. Get back on course. If you're a person here this morning who, like Wayne Heisinga Jr., has never stopped and offered your life to Christ and asked the Lord to come into your life and to forgive you and to be your friend. Today can be your day. I want to ask everyone to bow their heads and close their eyes. Father, you know every need here this morning. You know every heart. 
Father, I'm asking for your Holy Spirit right now to have freedom. With no one looking and everybody's head is bowed, everybody's in a prayerful state. Is there anybody who would be courageous enough to say, you know what, I'm sitting here this morning, I'm feeling like Wayne Huizenga Jr. And I want that peace. I want to know what he knew. I want to connect to Jesus. Is anybody here that's courageous enough this morning says, I want that in my life? Would you raise your hand? I'll pray for you. Okay, I see one hand. Are there any others? I see another. I see another. I see another. Is there anyone else? Okay, I'm going to ask everybody to keep your heads bowed. Keep your eyes closed. Those who raised your hand, would you just look at me for a moment? Nobody is looking at around, just, just me and you. Would you let today be the day? Let today be the day. Just say yes to Jesus. He will meet you right where you are. I'm going to pray and I'm going to encourage you to pray with me right where you are quietly. You don't even have to speak out loud. Pray this with me. Dear Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I need Jesus. I believe you died on the cross. I believe you rose from the grave. Lord, I need your peace in my life. I need your direction in my life. And so today, as best I know how, I say yes to you. Come into my life. God, help me to walk with you and live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name.